slash and cast. to handle with scare presented by the slashing cast podcast network our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize with me tonight as always to cap off botanophobia and the fear of plants are my co-hosts holly hooch and john guys how are you doing tonight we're doing good, good, Hi, good. oh check out our our our, our, <laughs> our, new, our new space we moved into the mansion <laughs> We're in the Munsters Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were you were looking forward to it so much that you decided to move in. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mockingbird Lane will never be the same again at that point. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was getting bored of the, the beige wall. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. This, seems, this feels better. I mean, Joe really likes it. He wants to keep it up all, just as a regular decoration. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's even bigger. You can't see the whole thing. It's ginormous. Mm-hmm. The whole entryway with stairs and paintings mm-hmm. and everything. Tilt it back a little bit. Whoa! No, oh, it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, the the only thing missing are like the stairs that lead to nowhere. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Like the Winchester <laughs> Mystery House. You know they're letting people sleep in there now. Mm. Should do that sometime. Nice. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah sure sure why not uh but yeah so obviously we're here to wrap up botanophobia uh last week we had talked about the 2021 eco horror release uh gaia uh aka basically like the last of us but you know in movie form Fantastic uh, movie. which was criminally overlooked <laughs> and uh you know it was the first time watching for you guys so you know always good to like sprinkle in some new stuff for you um so as a podcast we've all kind of been discussing like okay well what do we want to do for october i mean we're smack dab in the middle of spooky season and you know we were we were compiling the list of like stuff that's on our radar things that are coming out here in the coming weeks and the fact of the matter is, October is just is way too much shit going on. Like, there are so many, like, major titles, whether it's TV series, whether it's theater releases, whether it's straight-to-streaming services uh, releases, that we're basically going to be doing nine weeks of newer content uh, that is being released here uh, throughout October and into November. And then, of course, we'll circle back to holiday uh, movies for December, and then, you know, come January, we come for a circle, back to the phobia stuff, but just a lot of stuff happening in a short span, and we really wanted to have enough time to, like, really breathe and, like, celebrate all of these new releases, and I know, like, there's just so many titles that we were all looking forward to, so that's the plan for the upcoming months, but tonight, we're here to talk about William Friedkin's The Guardian, uh, and you know, like, I, I remember when we were mentioning this movie, I'm like, I, I don't think I've seen this movie, and I absolutely have not after watching it. Um, I will say, <laughs> out 
out of the movies that I watched on Tuesday, uh, <laughs> which was The Monsters, uh, the, the new Rob Zombie movie. Uh, I watched The Majorettes, which was a newer 80s movie mm-hmm. that I had never seen, which was a slasher that uh, failed not only in uh, the blood department, because it was fairly bloodless, it also didn't really have that many like slasher kills in it. And then it took like this really weird pivot where it's like, okay, we're going to like go in a different direction and become like an action thriller. And then it was like a big gunfight. And then it was just really confusing. So I basically got a slasher that had more gun kills and, you know, actual like knife kills, which was mm-hmm. really bizarre. So, so yeah, first- and then, and then, <laughs> and then I saw The Guardian and I was like, Okay, like this movie, this movie was actually pretty entertaining, um, and it, it plays up some uh, some some really uh, on the nose tropes in regards to you know the hot nanny, yeah, which uh, you know we'll get into that of course, uh, but. Uh, John, I'm pretty sure like you were the one who brought this one up. So was this yeah, like the first time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, in, in a good way. Well, I I came across this one the same way I came across the Clowns at Midnight movie. Also delicious. Which was basically just kind of googling around a bit and looking for stuff, random stuff. I actually really enjoyed, and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this movie, and I enjoyed the Clowns of Midnight as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Go on. But uh, I don't remember exactly. I, you know, was I think googling for plant horror mm-hmm. movies, or I think was my search phrase, and it came up, and uh, I saw the director's name and the name of the movie, and hey, I was wait like, "Wait a minute!" And there were these kind of rash of weird kind of failed horror movies that came out in the 90s around this time. There's one, I think it's called The Hidden or something like that, and it's about a spirit. There's a later movie, too, but this is about a spirit that could, like, jump from person to person, and it was, like, a serial killer. I think Jeff Goldblum might be in it, but it's a weirdly kind of similar, like, 90s horror movie that kind of doesn't Mm -hmm. know whether it wants to be a horror movie or a thriller kind of thing, and it was also the thing of, you know, as we all kind of like have all watched famous movies and even not even famous, I shouldn't even say famous, but in the horror, like you feel like you've seen or at least heard of everything, especially yeah. stuff made by the bigger directors the, yeah, and names. filmmakers. But this one was, yeah, like felt like a lost movie in a way, you know, because it was so obscure and I'd never yeah. heard of it. And it also, I mean, the production quality has, I feel like a lot of the 90s movies had this sort of product, product, weird production quality to them where they kind of seem like made for TV a little bit, mm-hmm. not quite. And this movie definitely had that sort of feel to it where like not a lot of money went into, the, you know, it just, it doesn't look, it doesn't feel that expensive. And, but I will say that I did enjoy the movie and, um, but yeah, I hadn't heard of it before but every complaint that i've had about every single movie this month this movie delivered on i actually got to see some literal plant violence yeah yeah (laughs) when so in so the thing is too is that stumbling across this movie of course the first thing i did was look at the trailer on youtube which makes the movie look terrible like i don't know if you guys watched (laughs) 
the, yes. pre- the official preview for the movie, but it looked like when I watched a preview, I was like, we should probably watch this because it looks bonkers and it looks <laughs> like absolutely terrible, but it looks like one of those kind of spectacular failures that's fun and interesting to watch, you know? Yes. But, uh, which is the surprising thing, though, because, and we'll obviously get into it more later, but the movie is a lot better. The trailer makes it look terrible, but the movie's actually a lot better than the trailer makes it look. Right, and the movie, it's, the, the, the movie can, basically, is two different movies. You've got, like, the whole, like, uh, you know, fatal attraction thing going on yeah. on one half of the movie, and then you've got the really fun, horrible part of the movie on the other mm-hmm. side. And I, I remember I was, as... Just as I was reaching for my phone out of boredom, that's when the tree violence started, and mm-hmm. um, it really saved it. Well, and I wanted to also quickly talk about, because, you know, it's William Freakin, Franken, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, but uh, the obviously most famous, the director for Exorcist is what he's most well known for. And maybe two less. That's nuts. <laughs> and, and I feel like also uh, The Exorcist 3 is kind of finally getting its due and people are kind of recognizing it for the good movie that it actually is. Is that with the, the guy in the insane asylum? Mm-hmm. Damn, that's yep, with, with Brad Dourif. Yeah, Brad Dourif as the serial killer that's possessed by the demon. Um, and so, you know, to see this kind of crazy movie I'd never heard of that was directed and also is credited as being written by him or at least part partly written by him I was like what you know is this what's going on and so I checked the Wikipedia Mm -hmm. and so turns out that this movie was it was a script written by this guy I can't remember his name and they it was intended to be Sam Raimi's big Hollywood movie, his first mm. Hollywood movie after Evil Dead Two. Because of the tree rape and yeah, I know. Well, that's the weird thing though, actually. But um, so he was involved to be the director, mm-hmm. but apparently the pre-production was so kind of crazy and messed up that he ended up walking away from it and not doing it, and then they brought in William. Freaking and uh, and ha- and ha- to have him do it, and mm-hmm. he apparently so this story is based on an existing book or story that is just a thriller. There's no supernatural element. Oh, okay. And they figured since he's directing the movie now, they wanted to uh, bring in a supernatural element because of uh, the because of the Exorcist, and so they demanded he. Demanded. And so they in, added in the part about the the nanny being a basically like a, a dryad tree nymph. Dryad nymph. It's a good name. Uh, and kind of <laughs> a- added that in, that element to the movie. Wait, so wait, the movie beforehand was just about a, like a crazy nanny? No, yeah, just. No trees? Yeah. I, I think, as you mentioned, uh, what do you call it, um, with Glenn Close? Yeah, um, Fatal Attraction. Fatal yeah. Attraction. It seems like this was intended to kind of be a Fatal Attraction type of movie originally. That's bonkers. Which I think came out, I bet if we look, probably came out before this movie, I would think. Fatal Attraction, probably late 80s. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, that feels about right. Oh. 
What year did this movie come out? 1990. 1990. Same year as The Exorcist 3. Oh, oh. How close to Exorcist 3? It was the same year. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, Maybe he just was really focused on that other movie. (laughs) But but so just to kind of wrap up the backstory, the studio wanted one thing and the director wanted another thing. And they were apparently driving. They were putting so much pressure and making the writer do so many rewrites that he had a nervous breakdown (gasps) and had to leave the project. And then the director ended up writing the end of the movie, basically, because they had to kind of fit, add in the supernatural, like mythological kind of element. I can see why the writer went crazy. That's really nuts. <laughs> the movie definitely has that kind of disjointed feel to yes. it where you can tell. But there's some really solid acting in it too, which was mm-hmm. really interesting. So you mentioned and it was actually not the same actress I thought you were talking about. So the actress from Law and Order with mm-hmm. the short brown hair with the blue eyes, mm-hmm. um, the one I was thinking about was the one with the brown eyes. Anyway, <laughs> there's also the guy from, uh, I don't know any of their fucking names, mm-hmm. but um, that really, there's that fairly famous actor who was one of the friends. He's not even in that movie that much. He's wearing oh, glasses. Yeah, yeah. The guy from Robocop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not so many different like kind of faces I recognized. And uh, and overall, I thought the acting was very solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, within reason. When the I think the movie starts strong, mm-hmm. it, it feels like. Well, first of all, I have to also call out that the opening credits they use the same font as The Exorcist, <gasps> and which was kind of shady because they're just like, oh, <laughs> it's trying to get everybody excited like about Exorcist. it. Huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. I watched the first 20 minutes of the movie and then on one day and then a couple days later, I watched the second half and watching the first like 20 or 30 minutes, I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy that this movie is so kind of under the radar and gets so much negative. Yeah. Like that it was kind of written off as this horrible movie because this is actually pretty good. And it's kind of like, it's weirdly like what people are being hard on it. You know? Is it 20 minutes before the three guys get killed? I think it's before, but it feels like a real movie. Yeah, it's like a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're going to get this. Like, it, and it feels like it even has that feel of kind of the exorcist. You can tell that he, it's made by the same person, you know? But yeah, that's pretty good. What's your take, T? Yeah, it feels like a real movie in the sense that, you know, you have this uh, nanny who's kidnapping infants and then, you know, sacrificing it to this random-ass tree in the woods. And yeah. I appreciated the the low-budget but still creative uh, special effects that they used. Like, so the, the special effect being, like, that she raises a baby to the sky and then it's there one second and then he's gone. I mean, a little cheese, but you know what? Nobody hates cheese. Mm. It, yeah, and I will say, like, the, the the aspect of the story that I really appreciated was just with the overall design of the tree. Because every time that there's a sacrifice being made, a human sacrifice of that, with the infants, uh, basically the tree not only has its life sustained, uh, but, you know, the baby essentially becomes part of the tree. And then you have all these carvings of all of the baby victims. faces. The baby uh, faces. The and a couple of adults. It's, 
yeah it's it's so striking like it's yeah. definitely like took me back a little bit uh not maybe not as much as like the third act when we actually see you know the tree action and chainsaws getting involved but uh <laughs> that's that's an entirely different case which was an absolute riot in itself the natural but, uh, of the tree <laughs> but yeah I, I i thought like the whole like fantasy approach to it was pretty interesting but then you'd me like the supernatural and like there's one point where the tricks like basically flying and i just kept thinking of like the simpsons when uh mr burns is like an alien with the yeah. green glow I come, you know i come, <laughs> come in, in peace, peace. <laughs> i uh i thought it was pretty neat i mean like i don't know if, what the word is let me think about it i was tickled i was tickled when i noticed that she had that very persistent sort of fairy tale medieval like uh well not even medieval but you know that uh that that very fairy tale british accent Versus your more common British accents. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was pretty neat that you have this whole like group of people in like the, you know, barely the early 90s. And they're all like affluent and they're all just casual. But then you've got somebody walking around like she's in a fairy tale. So I thought that was pretty neat. Because it kind of pulls you back into. And then by the end, by the end of the movie, you're completely immersed in a very mysterious fantasy world. So I thought that was really neat. So of course the premise is that they this young couple has a baby and they have to hire a, a nanny, and of course, so I, I have to call out the weird scene that took me a minute to understand what was happening because some of the editing in this movie is really wonky and weird. Yeah, he had a breakdown too. But uh, there's the part where they're picking the nannies and they're kind of talking about it, and then they say. They say like write okay. First of all, they have they cut to the scene where the two the couple are like write down the name mm -hmm. of what you want or something the, like that. The nanny you want, yeah. yeah. And but the way they said it, I swear I thought they were coming up with names for the baby at first. Yeah, I, I think I got I, I was in the same boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, they they're saying to pick the nanny, and they say the name of the person who, like. It doesn't do a good job of, like, I don't know who that is when they say the name of the person, but then they immediately they kill her off. shot of her riding her bicycle and, like, falling off a cliff, which <laughs> also reminded me of The Simpsons when Homer falls down the cliff, and it's, like, it's not, like, bad enough that he's falling, like, down the cliff, but he keeps, like, hitting stuff on the way down. Because it's, like, she goes over the cliff, they show her like tumbling down the cliff and then she lands on a cactus oh. at the very end. But that was rough. And that took me a minute because I was like, wait a minute, what is going on? And then I realized, oh, she's the nanny that they picked. And yeah, the, funky like, editing, you're right. And the psych and the uh like supernatural forces killed her right. so that she they would pick the other nanny. My brain had to do a couple of uh you know, yeah, was like, you know, backflips what's to happening? like what? Oh wait, I get it. But, yeah, uh, the the only thing missing, the only thing missing from that scene was her going like, "This is even more painful than it looks." <laughs> it's just like sprawled <laughs> over the cactus. I they needed it. <laughs> I also thought it was funny how when they were picking the nannies, they show like the first two nannies are these older women who are kind of stern, and they just immediately rent them off, even though in real life That's they would, would go be for, the yeah. two like legit nannies. You wouldn't. I, in a million years, would I like hire a super hot nanny? I'm sorry. <laughs> Which exactly? That's the hilarious thing is it's like, of course, but it also they 
the way that they immediately picked her after that girl died, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't know why. She, like, I can see why the husband wants to hire her, <laughs> but I think, like, the wife might be a little suspicious. But, uh, but yeah, so that was really weird. And that was kind of like, uh, you know, they're bringing in the supernatural element yeah. and everything. And I definitely have a problem with the lack of lore in this movie because they introduce it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They show the kid with the book and the tree, the pop-up oh, the pop-up book, book the tree, yeah. which is actually really cool. Although they associate it with um, the two kids being left in the forest. The Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel, yeah. which this story doesn't feel like a no, Hansel and Gretel story. No, there's no candy. Although it does have this that kind of classic fairy tale kind of feel mm-hmm. to it, but it didn't feel like a Hansel and Gretel story. But they had the tree, but they didn't do any lore, and they kept referencing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but they would say like she would say the nanny would say like I have to wait for his blood to be right before I can like sacrifice him. But I was like, why? I don't know what, there's no lore to, as to why she's doing what she's doing. Or she just what. has to, John. It's just, they needed to sort of just explain why she's hanging out at the That house. didn't bother me one bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it, this, I, and I've said this in other uh, podcast, but this movie needed that scene where somebody pulls the out a wife book. goes to the library and <laughs> checks out the book. Surprisingly well stocked library. <laughs> but this is like a classic. She could get Michael like a Fee. classic, like look uh, at all the babies that have but disappeared. like a Celtic mythology book Ooh. and learn about learn and get some information about how to defeat maybe an old woman that has way too much information mm-hmm. yeah which we kind of get a librarian that's right yeah there we go but uh we kind of don't really get that it feels like there's a lot of stuff this movie felt like it was meant to be almost like a mystery where or like uh you know where you would sort of think oh this is all good and then you kind of realize slowly there's this weird yeah. stuff going on but almost like it was written by a producer and a director mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> but, and then so in the middle it gets so it gets weird because i another thing is i feel like they padded this movie out a bit oh but we gotta before i get they <laughs> You mentioned the three. Yeah, the big villain, the, the big scene the th- that goes from being like a normal '90s thriller <laughs> to like a fairy tale horror movie, which was amazing. So you get these ridiculously over the top, horrible dudes that bump into Just our appear out of nowhere. Yeah, our wood, our, our woodland nymph and the baby are hanging out, mm-hmm. honestly, in the forest near the tree. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, these guys appear out of nowhere and just immediately want to kill the baby and rape the nanny. And uh, I was glad, you know, so they they pull out a big knife. They're, they're going to be doing stuff to her. And then she takes off running. And I did, I loved how good she was at getting away from them. You see how fast she ran? I that was insane. And she ran through the, I mean, clearly she should because she's a woodland nymph. Mm-hmm. So she should know the forest. She should know how to run through a stream, which she did beautifully. And she's kind of tricking them in a way. Yeah, so she takes them back to the tree, and then that's when we get to see the really 
awesome <laughs> tree murder. But what's really cool was that, so she is trying to hide with the baby because she's still trying to protect the baby because the baby's the offering. Mm-hmm. And they pull her out of like this like hollowed out stump. And so the guy's like threatening, like he's going to rape her. He's going to do stuff to her. And then there's this other guy who was like, let's not forget the baby. So he's going to go fuck with the baby. Like, this guy's really evil. And they're like 50s greasers. I know. They're they're such bad. Hooligans. Yeah, but they're really cool leather jackets. (laughs) I bet that one guy was called Moose. (laughs) And then one of them always wore 3D glasses. (laughs) One's called Mm -hmm. Vinny. (laughs) That's the little one always. But, uh, and then... We get an awesome gore scene, yes! which is really well done. I was like, I literally, I was laying in bed watching the movie and then I was getting a little bored and I, you know, I was reaching for my phone when the three guys came out and then the big murder scene. And that was like, nope, leaving the phone down. This thing just got good. So I, uh, you know, when we were watching the happening, I was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all I wanted was just, you know, a tree to move and smack somebody. And you really get a lot of that in this one. I love the the best. I think my favorite in that part is when the tree basically thwacks that. Yeah, guy's head. his head like explodes. It, it, it winds up and does like a whack, and his yeah. head just bursts <laughs> into a blast. That, so that was great. And then we get basically like an Evil Dead style, um, dragging the guy around, and then which, and then it reminded me of the happening. Where the guy's leg just comes off when it's pulling him. It's like, okay. Like, it's the horror movies for you. They just come right off. Like Legos. <laughs> it's like, I think in horror movies, people are made out of Play-Doh, basically. And you can just pull people's limbs off or, like, <laughs> stick your hand into someone. and like. <laughs> like <clears throat> but his leg gets pulled off and then that root shoots up out of the ground and, and uh, pretty good accuracy in. and then later you find out it was that kind of a you know happy coincidence that the root was able to impale him because mm-hmm. he's not so accurate mm-hmm. in other attempts mm-hmm. and it it was funny too because like you were saying it's like a 90s thriller and it's one of those kind of uh, 90s um, like let's celebrate the yuppies kind of feel where right, it's like yeah. wealthier people in their fancy place. That was a nice house. Almost like, um, you know, like American psycho kind of eighties. Right. Style. Nice houses make me so sad these days, especially this one. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> I'll never have it. It, it feels, you know, it feels like that a hundred percent. And then when we get that scene with the three guys, it, suddenly just switches into a straight-up horror movie. You know, it's like the tone shift is is pretty drastic. It yeah. is, and it's, again, I mean, like, it's it's jarring, and it's not, um, uh, you know, they probably could have done a lot better, but I have to admit that I kind of enjoyed it because I was feeling kind of like, like I said before, it was feeling a little bored, mm-hmm. so it was nice mm-hmm. that they pulled it out. So I'm a little congested today, so I'm, I feel like my voice is really weird today. <laughs> But anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, so so after that, they kind of like have that cool off period where they have like that dinner party. Yeah, uh, yes. and that's when we meet Ned, who is the neighbor, um, who eventually gets hunted down by the coyotes. Yeah, uh, later on in the movie. Too. 
But, you know, I thought it was interesting because you have Ned here, who is, like, the neighbor, but he also, like, designed the house that this couple is living in. I was like, man, this guy's, like, pretty far off. But, of course, like, they have to tie in the whole, like, oh, man, I really want to hook up with the nanny. I mean, I wonder what she's doing. Let's take her out. So you, you're constantly, like, going after, you know, the, the sex appeal. And, you know, Holly said there's no candy for the Hansel and Gretel part, but that's because it was all eye candy. That's part. right. That was and the, the whole time, the whole time when we get to, like, the like the tree nymph part, and she's, like, just sprawled across the tree naked, and I'm just thinking, like, she's gonna get so many scratches on her body. But that's her thing. She's a woodland <laughs> nymph. She likes... Because it was all, like, you know, those scraggly branches all over her body. Mm-hmm. But that was her and thing. I'm just like, you know, throw throw a little mud on it, you'll you'll be you'll be fine. <laughs> Which she does later. That shot is really cool when it's the shot of the tree with her naked on the roots and like the wolves or coyotes walking around. I did dig that a lot because again you get a really big sense of like fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But i thought that scene was funny though with the guy Ned where it, he gets hunted down because that felt like another it was a it was cool, but it felt like a filler scene because all of a sudden the main characters are all just gone. Yeah. And we get this almost like full ten minute scene with this neighbor being hunted down. Yeah, you're and right. It, it almost felt like we were in a it was like a short story contained in the movie, you know, like there was no point to that. It was definitely drawn out. I think in a movie hmm. that was more kind of put together and tightly done. That guy's murder scene would have been a couple of minutes long. You know? Yeah, and uh, although it was kind of neat to see the wolves kind of come after somebody, and I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but there was this one scene where they're in the house and they're breaking through doors, and so he's like, so he's leaning against the door to you know bar their entry, and they're knocking on or like pounding on the door, and it, it's breaking open, and then you just see one paw come through. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes through like all vertical. I don't know. It was really funny. Like a fake. Like yeah. Like a somebody, hand with yeah, like a paw there. You're like, that yeah. paw didn't do that. <laughs> and I loved, uh, I thought it was hilarious, his scene where he's talking on the phone to the police or whatever. Yeah. That like, was hilarious because it's like this whole long monologue of him being like, there's wolves out here. No, I swear. There's really like wolves out here. They're trying to get me. <laughs> like, did you call like just the police and not nine one one? Like, why are you having such a long conversation? Can you just help? You know, you'll help and they'll come. It a lot of this movie and things in that scene and a lot of this movie felt like we were seeing like a first take. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just ran the cameras, had the actors kind it's of. It's just so fun, them. guys. And that's what they used. Because, like, that dinner party scene also felt so kind of awkward and weird. And the dialogue and everything just felt strange. And, like, that guy that I recognized from, like, Twin Peaks and other shit, like, Mm -hmm. he was so rude. The other friend, he's like, well, what a hot nanny. What else does she do? I'd be like, I'm right fucking here. I'm the wife. With the neighbor guy? Well, no, when they were around the table and they were all just hanging out and then like glasses. Where was he from? Um, he was in Twin Peaks and he's been in a bunch of other shit too. Okay. Because I couldn't, I, the neighbor guy, if that's who we're talking about, the guy who Not got killed. Not the neighbor guy with the glasses, but, but the just enough, guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the neighbor guy, I recognized him, but I couldn't place what I recognized him mm, from. Yeah, same. But I think he might have been on one of those 1990s TV shows. I have to blow my nose. I'll be back. Okay. One thing I'll, 
say about this movie real quick is that the 90s, this, this movie came out in 1990, and I swear to God, it feels like we just it transitioned from the 80s to the 90s with no nothing, no transition. It was just like, this movie came out in 1990, and it looks 100% 1990s. It doesn't look like it's from the 80s. That's a really good point. It's almost like we just went from the 80s to the 90s with no looking back. That's you know true. I mean? But I noticed that because it was very 90s, but then when you told me, when I asked her, like, oh, when, what year did this come out? 1990? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because usually, like, the first couple of years, things look like a previous decade. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something to you? I thought you were about Oh, well, you know, of course, like, after, like, the whole, like, Ned wanting to go after Camilla, you also have, like, Phil, you know, trying to get his good night's sleep, and of course, what's who's he dreaming about? Camilla. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they start having the nightmare, the dreams like that he's hooking yeah, up. Yeah, the sex nightmare with Camilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which felt kind of like like, I don't know, I guess that was meant to be the supernatural stuff, but they should have mm-hmm. just had them start having an inappropriate affair and not even have it be a dream. It should have just been actually happening. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps walking around without a shirt on, Mm -hmm. six packs hanging out. And because it definitely felt like they were going for that uh, fatal attraction feel where he would become actually attracted to her. Well, he was. I mean, they had a couple of like awkward, you know, you know, uh, uh, Awkward scenes where they're like bumping to each other in a hallway or in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. and I mean they weren't very pronounced, which they probably could have made them more pronounced that way to sort of heighten the tension of like, you know, she's she's problematic. Mm-hmm. That would have been neat, and more boobs. Well, we got okay amount of boobs. Mm-hmm. So then what? So after the guy gets hunted down, mm. then what happened? So. I don't want to jump too far. Oh, ahead. there's the uh, the lady who lost her baby who's oh, looking yeah. for her. Which, that's another weird editing issue where, mm-hmm. so there's the scene where the baby might be sick or there's something wrong. Oh, that's when they, is that when they get rid of the nanny? Or well, he, no, like, they, and, and he says to the nanny, like, we got to take the kid to the hospital because mm-hmm. there's something wrong. And then it just cuts to him driving to that woman's house that we saw in the beginning of the movie, the really? first Yeah, victim. the first mom, yeah. And there's no explanation of how or why he goes to her house, but then remember he drives there and then Does she has call a conversation. Him I don't remember. I she was... calls him, right? She leaves a message on her on his phone on his answering machine and No, that's mm, the guy. No, that's... Ned Ned's the one who left a message. And oh, that was after okay, okay. And basically he would yeah, he was, like, going out to, like, buy her flowers to, like, take her out. But, like, she walks everywhere. So he eventually <laughs> spots her, like, walking into the right. forest. Like, to, like... And she's... Like, he stumbles across her, like, bathing in the in the creek. Right. Uh, and then that's when, you know, she's, like, sprawled up against the, the tree and you see all the coyotes and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, that's when the wolves, like, start to pursue him and follow him back to his house. And that's when he starts to leave, like, that that rambling phone message yeah. to uh, Phil and Phil and Kate trying to be like, you know, you, you don't, don't let her back in the house, you know, just warning them, but not really like specifying why, you yeah. know, 
He doesn't. It's so weird because they use that voice message a couple of times to sort of be like, oh, my God, this is so crazy what happened. But he doesn't say anything. He just says mm-hmm. he basically says something like, oh, Camilla, like, I can't believe her or something. But he doesn't say like she's yeah, but what's evil he gonna or say? she's whatever. Like she bathes in the creek and she masturbated <laughs> on a tree and she's got three really big dogs. But he, but it's just weird because there's no info for them to be like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. we should, uh, this, he's saying this, so we should act like, he, it's so vague that it's it like, well, what does, what are they going to do with that info, you know? Yeah, it's not like, hey, she was hanging out with this tree that had a bunch of dead baby, baby carpets on it, you know? Yeah, he's or says, he's just <laughs> like, she's going to hurt your baby. Like, right, he doesn't she's say insane. that. Yeah, he should have said something. But he was very, like, tongue-tied, even when he was on the phone with the cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says something like, you gotta believe me, but he doesn't say... <laughs> You're like, we believe you, no I way. Wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that was, like, an editing thing where maybe he had said, you know, I saw her, like, in the forest or something, yeah. and they cut that out for whatever reason. But, yeah, that was weird and vague. And then, I, yeah, I thought there was no reason why he went to the other woman's house, but he goes there and finds out, you know... She's been kidnapping people, and you know she's not who she she says she is. And... Yeah, I'm trying to remember why she, why he ended up going there. Maybe I, it was two phone messages. Maybe it could have been. I might have mm. missed it, but it felt. I don't think so because I know like Camilla was there. Um, Did she go to basically his house listening? Or... Like she was listening as Phil was like playing the message, but like she basically stopped him, and then like right after that is when uh, he meets with. Molly, who was, you know, the mother of the uh, first infant daughter who had been sacrificed at the tree. Which also, I thought the wife was going to be, like, a character in the story, but she pretty much disappears. You're right! She doesn't do much. She doesn't even come in with the whole, like, oh, I'm jealous of the babysitter, or I don't believe you, or I'm trying to bond with my baby, like, Mm -hmm. nothing really until the very last part where she's finding Camilla. So, that's strange. There should be more Camillas. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so he he finds out she was sketchy. But it looks right. like they already know. I mean, it doesn't even matter at that point because they already know. But, uh, and then what happens? And next? then what happens? Let's see. So, okay, so he comes back and the baby's still sick. And he tells Camilla she's got to go. And, like, I think he pushes her or he smacks her. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, they kind of get... They I kind was of like, fight whoa! Them, like, grab mm-hmm. the baby away from That's each right. other and stuff. <clears throat> and, and so he kicks her out, and the baby has to go to the hospital because mm-hmm. you know he's getting pretty sick. Which has a really weird, disturbing scene where the baby, when they bring the baby to the hospital, I swear that looks like the actual baby. It doesn't look like a fake baby, and when they put the baby on the table mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, he's like not responding and stuff. And they show the baby is like unconscious and, it's and they like pill, lift his yeah. head up and stuff. I was like, did they drug a real baby to film <laughs> this scene? Because that's a real baby. It's I... unconscious. <laughs> and they're like moving it around and it's not responding. And it's not I bet it was a fake baby. I mean, like, <laughs> I can get you a fake baby tomorrow. You would think it was real. They make them. They make them really good these days. Mm. Yeah, fake babies. Yeah. But no, and they, 
It was weird. That was a really Did weird drug scene. A baby. <laughs> Give him some sedatives and like lay on the table. <laughs> Look, we only gave him half a pill. It's totally cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says on the bottle, I can give him two. <laughs> Children under twelve. It was the early nineties. <laughs> it, <was different. laughs> it was nineteen. It was the Things 90s. Were different. The first year of the nineties. It's a different time. <laughs> so. Oh, so then that's where they start revealing the tree more, of course. Oh, but we get the the awesome kind of climactic scene, too. Where where, all this... When Camilla goes to the hospital to try to steal the baby, or when? Well, there's that, and they're kind of running around. It kind of turns chasing. But then she goes to the forest with the baby, and the wife gets in the van, and then just, like, I thought there was going to be, like, a whole big confrontation at the end, but she just drives up and hits the hits Camilla with the car and knocks her down and that's like the that's the whole kind of big action. But she doesn't stay down which is the cool part. But yeah she gets back up and uh, or she disappears and yeah. they're like oh my god. Later I was like I hit her with my car. What happened? <laughs> she she was dead. We saw her. It's so funny because they edit you know they edit the scene so it kind of cuts away. We don't really see right. you know but it's just kind of like, okay, like, I guess we'll have to take your word for it. I mean, presumably... Everybody knows if there's no body, there's no death. Well, and also, I would think they would have just grabbed the baby and taken off as soon as they, like, knocked her down and they mm-hmm. got the baby and just leave, you know? So it's done. like, you don't really know what happened to her, like, and you kind of just knocked her down, but... And then after that, um, is this the scene where she comes back all covered in mud and she has this, the fight scene with mom while mm-hmm. dad's... Fighting the tree? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the big climax. And it was, I thought it delivered pretty well. So you got your girl fight, which, you know, they're fighting over a baby. And I was actually talking to John about this before we started filming, where there's a scene where mom's trying to go up the stairs, and Camilla comes up behind her and is grabbing at her, and and and, uh, and she makes her trip, and she drops that baby, and that baby hits the ground hard. And you're right. That does look like a real baby. And all I could think about was like, oh, you're going to need a new baby. It was just, it was such a hard hit. Yeah, definitely. And they kept like doing weird stuff where they would like, she would like grab the baby away, but then not just run away. She would stay in the immediate area. It's like you have the baby and she's not like. Immediately on, you you need to go. Yeah, like you should be leaving. Don't just hang out in the area around her. waiting for her to do something yeah and then of course you have dad with mm. a chainsaw which was pretty grad uh but of course the tree has all of its tricks like you know you know like uh, wrapping itself around his legs mm. and the uh the popping out of the ground root trick yeah it, it does, does. That. Yeah. uh what other tricks did it have i feel like it it didn't use its final trick which is what it used on one of those three guys which is like when it just comes down and eats your face mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. kind of moves down yeah, and it kind of reminded me of the tree from Poltergeist also, mm. you know, the, the evil tree that tries to eat uh, the kid. Interesting. But uh, so I watched this movie in two parts and in between I watched the sleep, the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow movie, mm-hmm. which has a haunted tree and has a scene where they cut open the tree and all the heads come out, like all the blood and heads come out of the tree and I watched that, and then I watched the second half of this movie, where then that happens. And I weirdly was like, wait, 
I, I started thinking that the scene with the, from Sleepy Hollow was in that was in the Guardian <laughs> movie. I was like, wait, did so the heads come out of there? No, that was in the other. movie. You spoke too much weed, <laughs> but it was a crazy coincidence because in uh, in this one, of course, he starts chains on the movie, and human blood starts coming out of the tree and everything. Baby blood. Baby blood. Yeah, I mean, we can only assume Sorry. it's baby blood at that, which makes it even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, what I really enjoyed about that is just the fact that, one, like, the tree actually did bleed in the first place. I mean, it would kind of have to because it had so many blood sacrifices at that point in time. Uh, but it was also just the fact that, like, since Cam- Camilla was, like, so attached to the tree, like, they were basically one. So any time a trunk or whatever or a limb would get cut off of the tree... That's Camilla right. would also that. lose a piece of her, and it would yeah, get separate from her body. I like mm-hmm. that, because that helped mom get away, or helped mom win the fight with a slightly damaged baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried to kind of do the false ending, where they made they tried to make you think, like, oh, it's all over after they run her over and mm-hmm. everything, and then they have that extra it's bit. too quick, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he, he just chops up the tree, and then she... Yeah, and she's kind of turning into, you're seeing, like, her wood that she's sort of made out of wood, I mm-hmm. guess. And, uh, yeah, it's getting damaged as he damages It was tree. a crazy movie in that, at the end of it, I was thinking, like, wait, yuppies good, nature bad? <laughs> Cut down the trees? So, <laughs> it was kind of a weird message in the movie. I had to go back and rewatch the very beginning because it has a text beginning where it says, oh, it has right, a little yeah. thing how it says there were druids in the past and they worshipped trees and some trees were good and some were evil oh. or something. And so uh, I thought that Does was it... funny in terms of lore because it's like... <laughs> There's your lore, man. It's just like... <laughs> Oh, like druids worship the trees, so that's the premise for this movie. Blame the druids, but uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's kind of the nature is evil story here because she don't get very often, huh? Because yeah, it literally is. It's not like the oh, you know, he's actually bad because he did this or that or whatever. And the tree was just defending itself, or like the nope, whatever, you know, up like baby eating tree. Yeah, it's just literally she feeds the tree babies, and and the tree will send you a hot mama to steal your baby and sleep with you for no uh, narrative reason. And it's weird. I mean, I guess it's weird to nitpick this movie, but it's sort of the lack of lore again, where it's like, why, like. Okay, she sacrifices babies to the tree, but I mean, what does the tree do? The tree just sits yeah. there in the forest and it doesn't do anything. What does it do with all these babies? What kind of magic other than killing yeah. people? And I mean, and I also got the sense like that Camilla was the tree, not that she was mm-hmm. like a uh, um, devotee. Serving the, the tree. Right, because I mean, like, what is the given Camilla? Because yeah, she's hot, but it looks like she only get, comes out during the cycle mm-hmm. and then she goes back to sleep in the tree and then she comes back again for the cycle mm-hmm. to be nanny again. So it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of payback for Camilla if she's not the actual fucking tree. Right. When the text in the beginning implies that she is like a tree worshiper, that she's oh, like a druid. Okay. 
But really, she should be in the thing I read, you know, like the Wikipedia, in their own description of the movie, I think they called her like a dryad or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes, they did. Which is like a tree creature. Mm-hmm. But in which she is, but really she should have been the tree. That was kind of muddled because she kind of was the tree because she obviously got damaged when the tree got damaged. True. But at the same time, she seemed to be serving the tree and worshiping the tree, I guess. But this is a very confusing. It wasn't movie. totally clear. That's why we needed that lore that to kind lore. of tell us what it what's going on and how to defeat her. And some microfiche action to get mm-hmm. like the background about how many babies she's been doing this. Exactly. Time. The the picture of Camilla from like the eighteen hundreds. She looks the like, same. She looks oh. the same, and it's like the old west town. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, Taking so, care of babies. It's like, too. oh my god, that's her. She hasn't <laughs> aged at all. But, or she died a hundred years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like and at that point, she's like, like two hundred different identities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They needed to kind of spell that stuff out more, or have that in there at all. <laughs> I, I like how when uh, um, Dad Ned, I guess, is meeting with the uh, the mom who had her baby taken, mm-hmm. he's like trying to get her description. She's like, well. She's got brown hair. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, why don't you start with like, well, she's incredibly beautiful and she's British and she's got a really creepy British accent. Like not your normal, like, you know, EastEnders accent or anything. So <laughs> I'm like, why don't you just go with the basics? That scene was funny too, because <clears throat> she describes Camilla and her description is accurate. Like she says, she like blah, 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 and describes her. And it's like, yeah, that's her. But then she goes, and she had... Uh, brown oh, hair. Yeah. Oh, can't be her. Says, Phew, she has blonde <laughs> hair. Wow, that was a close one. Yeah, that was a close one. Okay, definitely not her because nobody can dye their hair. I know. Color. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was like, that was a funny That was scene. pretty hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, I was very surprised at how much I, I liked certain parts of the movie. Overall, it's not exactly a good movie. And I can see why it was pretty forgettable. But I, um, but yeah, I did enjoy the, like, again, the, the tree violence was very satisfying. Hadn't seen that satisfying of tree violence since, uh, tree binge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh my so God. Babies true. always have it out for baby. I mean, yeah. I mean, those, babies. those trees stomped babies, you know, they didn't eat them. That's true. They just curb stomped them. Hmm. I swear. <laughs> I think they just to nitpick this movie too, again. I think, like, when they she mentions she has to wait for the baby's blood to be right before she can sacrifice the baby, I think that was an excuse to explain why she stays in the family and mm. kind of does the, her kind of long con. The long con. The long con. Because, really, like, if you're a supernatural creature in mythology... And there's mythological stories like this. You're just going to sneak in in the middle of the night, steal the baby, and and run off. You know what I mean? There isn't a strong reason to sort of become a member of the family and be there for a long time. You're just going to, like, sneak in in the middle of the night, take the baby, and leave, and go feed it to the tree. (laughs) You know? And so I know it's a nitpick, but I just felt like, it's part of the original story, the the thriller only with no supernatural part. 
where it makes sense that she would do this kind of con and become a member, you know, be work for the agency and move from place to place and change her name where if she's supernatural, she should just kind of be able to like disappear and, you know, do whatever she kind of wants on her own, you know? Yeah, I just think it more as, like, she just in, enjoyed, like, the the thrill of just mind-fucking everyone that she comes across and, like, kind of, like, just, um, like, getting into their heads with all of these, like, sexual nightmares that people, mm -hmm. like, people are having because of her. And obviously, like, she knows that she's gorgeous because, like, everyone is just fawning over here, her, mm -hmm. like, the entire time in the movie. But it also seemed like, too, like, it didn't matter, like, who she came across. Like, she was willing to, like, obviously kill others who were getting in her way, regardless of, you know, if they were adults or, you know, just babies. It would be tougher to do this now in the modern era. You know, back, yeah. back then it was probably easier because she could just... There's no internet or anything, so... Oh, you mean the reality of the story, not making the movie. Okay. In terms of her uh, going from place to place and, like, kidnapping kids and being That's able to true. hide out. People's identity is more easily... Mm -hmm. And they would have Googled, you know, they would have, like, done a background check, which they they admit, the parents admit in this movie, what's crazy is that they... Hide, Don't know they who she knew, is yet. Well, they admit they didn't uh, vet her, they basically there's a scene like three quarters into the movie where the the husband is like, I just called the number, the reference number yeah. for the per, the last family we were for, and they never heard of you. And I just called this other number, and they never heard of you. And it's like you're supposed to do that before you hire no. her, not you <laughs> after know. your baby's threatened. <laughs> Like, he just he he saw the photo and he's like, "Yep, that's that's the one." That's exactly. the daddy. <laughs> no need to check her references at all. Just go ahead and yeah. And the mom was like, "Yep, yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. Super hottie, and uh, I just had a baby. Yeah, let's let's get her in here." <laughs> yeah, and she really is. She's in the begin. The mom is in the beginning of the story and the end of the story, and pretty much not in the middle. Yeah, of the story she's missing a lot. And like there wasn't even any conflict between her and, and like her husband, which is really such a I mean, it's fine, I guess, but it's mm -hmm. it's such a, a normal space to fill up with with additional story, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like it's just it, it's like walking past a gallon of water when you're in the desert or something, you're like, I guess you're just all right, let's keep going. I kept thinking yeah, like the mom's the mom's only problem in this movie was just the fact that like her the baby, like, wasn't breastfeeding initially. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that was basically the extent of it. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, the... One of the rejected uh, nannies, the older women, mm -hmm. suggested the exact same thing that Camilla suggested in terms of the breastfeeding. Which was, I forgot. Which was to, because she couldn't, the mom couldn't breastfeed. Mm -hmm. And one of the older women was like, oh, but it's really important that you breastfeed and you should try again. And she was like offended. They were, the parents were like offended by that. And they were just like, ugh. But then when Camilla suggests the exact same thing later, they're, they're like, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's great a great idea. idea. Yeah. It's like, hey, you guys got mad when she's the other one suggested that. I mean, I would, I would assume that a person that looks that attractive can get away with saying whatever. Oh, she was a lot closer to like their age too. You know, mm -hmm. might have been a generational thing. Yeah, but I kept you know the the mom 
wife character, her arc should have been that it's like the husband and uh, and the nanny are weird. There's like weird vibes between them and something's going mm-hmm. on. And so she should have been looking into the nanny behind secretly. Like I'm yeah. going to go investigate the nanny and find out what the deal is. And then she should have been the one who figures out that does goes to the library and talks to the agency and is like, Oh, yeah. Maybe the like producer, the nanny. Yeah. And then they could have a scene where she's like, the nanny's not what she says. And the husband's like, Oh, but she's been cool. rad. Like her, it would have been super rad. And you know, uh, again, maybe like, because of the, the, the whole issue with the writer that didn't happen. But, I mean, there was a very easy, uh, a good way to drive her crazy would have been, like, new baby, I'm not sleeping. And that's the thing. Like, she looked great anyway. She's not sleeping. She's not she's, she's not able to breastfeed. She's not, she's not really bonding with her baby like she expected to. So she's got some, like, uh, um, that uh, uh, the post-pregnancy uh, depression, mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Postpartum. Thank you, postpartum depression. And on top of that, here comes the nanny. She's super hot. She's connecting hard with the baby. She's mm-hmm. connecting hard with the husband. Totally. Driving the wife crazy. Like, that would have been a really good angle to sort of explore, but... And she... The, but who am I? Nobody... Like, oh, the nanny's going to take my place. And, and my baby. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Totally. It seems like I, I get the feeling that that's what the in, intent was for the story. That that's mm-hmm. probably what they were thinking initially yeah. but i guess when the su- they started having to put in the supernatural stuff that some of that stuff got rearranged and got tossed out and whatever yeah you know? who knows but there was a lot of opportunities but honestly mm-hmm. like the, the movie had more problems than just not this uh, character development that we're mm-hmm. coming up with right now definitely like the hollywood kind of horror story of uh the ex- the studio meddling in the it's too story. bad because I really enjoy movies about violent trees and it really shows you too that like you can have a good director but if you don't have everything else it, they're yeah. still going to make a bad movie absolutely you need absolutely everything else I've um, there isn't that many I didn't even catch it until you pointed out all the issues with the editing but I know I, I've seen in other movies how ridiculously important it is to have a good editor mm-hmm. and how easily you can throw away really good acting, really good production value, very mm-hmm. good, absolutely everything if you have bad editing or bad audio editing. and mm-hmm. uh, It's just, um, yeah, it can really mess with your movie. Which there was bad audio in this movie too. This movie also did that thing where I think they overdubbed everybody for the whole movie. Oh, really? And it didn't it almost have that it almost had that weird feeling of like a foreign movie that's been overdubbed. Mm. <laughs> kind of felt odd. But, yeah, and the acting was weird in the movie too. There was a rough I like the series. actors. I mean, I didn't think they were bad. I mean, mm-hmm. like I was saying, like I was surprised at how many faces I recognized. Mm-hmm. But I think like maybe with the weird scripts they were given. Yeah. They yeah. don't do so much. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It was like with all the rewrites and everything going on. Yeah. It must have been kind of crazy. And yeah, that's funny that this might have been a Sam Raimi movie. It's like the tree, the way the tree stuff happens feels, some of it feels like it's right out of the Evil Dead movie. So it's it weird. Does. It's interesting to think that I wonder if it was like a holdover from when Sam him, Raimi was his involvement. To, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think he would have made a... Well, not to... 
you know, compare directors too much, but it would have been really interesting to see Sam Raimi's take on it. Yeah, for sure. I think it would have been a way more horror-leaning than this sort of, like, thriller-slash-horror thing they had going on in this one. The movie he ended up making instead of this was Dark Man, oh. which is an infinitely better well, there movie. there you go. It's a mm-hmm. pretty awesome movie. If any, if now you, I gotta go watch Darkman again. Yeah, <laughs> watch that. And it's kind of crazy because it's a super early movie for Liam Neeson, one of his first starring mm-hmm. roles, and uh, what's her name from Fargo? Um, you know, uh, you know the main actress from mm-hmm. Fargo. Cameron Hurney. But it's like her first leading role too. Oh, and so it's kind of crazy because it has this really all-star cast. And it's really good. The acting is really good in it. Hey, go check it out. And an example where when you have a good director and everything and Works things nicely, work out yeah. well, you can have a low-budget movie that is a really good movie. You know, it, it can still... It doesn't have to be wacky. It doesn't have to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it does... I mean, in terms of the plant theme, I mean, this is the most... Vi- Maybe next to Audrey, who swallows people <laughs> whole, this is maybe the most violent because this thing, you know, rips people's limbs off and explodes, heads, knocks your head off, takes yeah. babies, it eats, eats babies, eats babies, <laughs> which is pretty cool. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, like Chris Evans in uh, the train movie, <laughs> Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer. <laughs> That always goes back to Snowpiercer. Eating babies. Because tr- similar to Chris Evans, the tree discovered that <laughs> babies taste better than adults. Oh, God. <laughs> so they more delicate. <laughs> that was the most, like, that was the most, uh, rec- it, that was a recording where you most, like, just said the same fucked up shit. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to be a bad guy, but... <laughs> Eating babies. Eating babies. Maybe the most taboo of subjects for a horror movie. That is true. Mm-hmm. Baby yeah. violence. But they just didn't no, show what actually happened. It, did they show? Did the bait when the blood came out? Yeah, they, he didn't. They were careful not to show him chainsawing any baby faces on the tree. Mm-hmm. Well, the baby faces were just carvings, right? When he cuts the tree, it's just blood that comes out. Well, I, th- I thought the idea was that the baby faces, like, sort of were the babies that it had eaten. Well, no, for sure, but I, I didn't assume that if you cut that little part, you get baby. I thought it was like... Like, there might actually be a skull under there. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that's the... Yeah, the idea. <laughs> the yeah. idea. That made me really uncomfortable for no reason. Yeah, was that the cop... <laughs> Like someone in the character was like, "Oh yeah," or in the one of the characters in the movie was like, "Oh, there were carvings on the tree mm-hmm. that were." Am I thinking of? Am I mixing up Sleepy Hollow with this movie? You might be mixing up Sleepy no, Hollow. No, 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 no. Because that was their. That was when they were at the police station. Yeah. And like they, he was talking to like the uh, detective, and the he's like, "Well, we didn't really, we didn't find the body, you know." He was like, yeah, there were just carvings on the tree, and there were no... Yeah, yeah they were kind of like, what? There was no weird stuff going on here. Which mm-hmm. felt kind of just like, I don't know, that scene felt a little bit goofy, where it was just kind of like, oh, like... I mean, it's fine. I don't know, it's fine, but it just... It 
felt that really like they were just kind of like, we got to wrap this story up. Let's just kind of like figure out a way to <laughs> wrap everything up. I think nobody wants to be on this movie anymore. Let's just yeah. wrap it up. It, it was that or the cops were in on it too and they're just trying to keep it quiet. Yeah, that too. Exactly. Because the way he was acting, it felt like he was trying to cover up something. <laughs> Maybe Camilla got to him, and Ooh, he was. Uh, I would not be surprised. That'd be the sequel. So and, you know, you gotta you gotta keep it on the down low because you you want your town to like secure their spot as like the safest town in the nation or whatever. Guys, something just occurred to me. So we're in the good old U.S. of A., right? This is in L.A. for sure. And the both the lore and the druids and Camilla and the tree are British. Yeah. Maybe even really Irish, I feel like. Did they, like, bring over the tree? Or did the tree, like, respawn in the U.S.? Because it's, it's magic and it doesn't care about borders and shit? Like, I don't <laughs> understand why there's British lore in L.A. Yeah, no, this movie should have taken place in England. Yeah. Or in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Because, yeah, that the lore and the fairy tale aspect is extremely European. Not only that, but, like, there's not that many or any densely forested areas near no, yeah, in, LA. Uh, in LA. And so a tree of that, you know, mm-hmm. a tree that, that looks size. like that with the baby faces and that size, I feel like that would have been found fairly quick by well, teenagers, you know. <laughs> and based on how we saw, like the geography, those Three guys, the thug guys. They were just strolling around. They were just hanging out and came across her. And she was right by the tree already. So, yeah, she, yeah. Well, I mean, she ran to the tree, I guess. Yeah. But even then, it was not more than like a five, ten second run, yeah, right? it was like 50 yards away. From an open clearing where you could have picnics with a baby. Mm-hmm. And be found out by three dudes. And it was, it would, all of a sudden, the movie... It was always kind of sunny summer weather. Yeah. But then whenever we saw the tree in the forest, it would be like dark and foggy and like (laughs) European looking. There were so many dangers for babies. I mean, like the tree and also Camilla, which is the tree. But then the the three, uh, the the, the tree hooligans, also (laughs) dropping baby was a serious Mm -hmm. thing that happened as well. Like, Mm -hmm. holy moly, this is not a safe, a baby safe movie. Definitely. And... Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy for... uh... (laughs) I'm glad we watched it, guys. (laughs) I'm glad it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good... It's a good bad movie. It's like... Yeah, um... it is. I mean, like, it's... It's such a weird mix of random shit. Mm -hmm. And it's... It it was really entertaining. I mean, it's crazy to think about who the director was. The many known faces that we saw. Mm -hmm. The weird Mm -hmm. background story that you mentioned about how the writer had a nervous breakdown and it was finished by overconfident producer and, and director combo the the weird like it was supposed to be sam raimi so there's some really over-the-top horror stuff that doesn't quite meld mm-hmm. with the story part like it's it's nuts for sure yeah the to- yeah that's the other thing right those the tone of those yeah, murder was- scenes with the tree feel like a sam raimi movie all of a sudden everything becomes really actiony and crazy but then the other tone of the movie is really kind of like yeah. mellow, sort of that classic Hollywood thriller the fatal kind of attraction, tone. Yeah. yeah, like uh, or like Basic Instinct, even Basic Instinct. Bit. There we go. Yeah, like that kind of feel. Yeah, it's kind of funny, it, it, and that's <laughs> you can. That's where you can really see the 
director versus the studio where it's like, I want to make a thriller, but we, we want, want you to, to make, make a, a horror, horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got horror on my thriller. You yeah. got thriller on my horror. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the clashing style. Oh man. Yeah. That was, that's crazy. But it was good. Plant. Plant. Violence. <laughs> tree violence. I finally got mm -hmm. my tree violence that I didn't mm -hmm. get from the happening. <laughs> Or from Gaia even that much. Gaia was great, though. I think yeah. Gaia was probably the best. I'm sorry. The best. <laughs> <laughs> the best movie we saw this month. And then followed by Little Shop. Because mm -hmm. that was just like the nostalgia. And also it's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. And then, I guess, followed by The Happening. And then followed by mm -hmm. The Guardian. Incidentally, there's so many movies named The Guardian. And I was very happy I didn't have to pay $4 on Amazon to watch it. It was just free on YouTube. So... Oh, that's the other funny thing, too, by the way, is that YouTube's algorithms are so – their copyright mm -hmm. stuff is so hardcore that any little copyright infringement is going to get tagged in some way by mm -hmm. them and probably taken down. So you know a studio really doesn't care about a movie – when somebody can just post an entire movie, movie today in 2022, post an entire Hollywood movie and have it be up for months without any so much as you know, they're like, eh, yeah, they're just getting like, watched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least someone's watching it. Get some of that ad revenue. <laughs> oh, and I, I gotta also say, similar to Clowns at Midnight, the comment section for this movie is all positive. It's all people <laughs> saying, I watched this movie as a kid and I loved this movie when I mm. saw this. Because of the I, boobs. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny how with both of these movies, people saw this, I guess, on TV as a kid and were like, I liked it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. I guess. Yeah. It, it, ha it, ha it must have been a rite of passage for, yeah. for all the boys. You know? It must have been it's the movie be where your parents don't realize there's going to be boobs because it looks like such a straightforward movie and then little do they know mm -hmm. there's boobs. Yeah, which they... And they did the... This is like one of those weird observations where like maybe I'm revealing more about myself by saying <laughs> this than... The anything, but they really like the boob shots were shot that way where you could tell they probably weren't the actress's boobs that they just got like another woman to do the boob shots because they're all just shots of boobs without seeing her face or well, the there rest was of her that one where she's in the bathtub and the camera's kind of looking down on her and so you get to see her boobs but they're mm. not like shown off it's more like I'm taking a bath, it's and you just see a little tasteful. bit of boobish. It's more tasteful, is what the, what it is. Mm -hmm. But later we get those yeah. straight like up boob shots yeah. where it's like the camera is literally focusing right on the boobs. If you don't see a face, it's for damn sure a body double. Which maybe some executive was like, "We need more boobs." Oh yeah, right there. <laughs> like, just call up, just get a random actress in there. Yeah, they're like, "This movie boobs. isn't great. We really need to add some boobs." <laughs> mm -hmm. They did that in another movie, too. Oh, I think it was Clowns at Midnight, maybe, where they put that horrible sex scene in. Uh. <laughs> that was clearly there just because they felt like they needed to get oh, audience so by having the sex scene. And it was, like, mm -hmm. maybe the worst sex it's scene so ever. It's so weird to be turned off by a sex scene when, like, the actors <laughs> are attractive, but the scenario is so bad. So you're like, horrible. no, no, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Well, the, the sword fight didn't help. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, un, un, unlike the, the clown at Midnight, though, this does not have a cleaning montage. So it, it can't be credited as too much of a 90s movie. That's true. Yeah, true. true. I hate cleaning montages so bad. <laughs> so bad. I'd rather have a yard sale montage. That's like or a, you know, a cleaning montage is like TV sitcom. Yeah, exactly. Level. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? Is it Saved by the Bell? Fuck. Saved by the Bell, exactly. That's that's how I felt when I was watching the Mutilator last yeah. week because I forgot about like the really corny like sitcom introduction mm-hmm. because it has like its own theme song basically. But then like the intro doesn't hit till like eighteen minutes into the movie. <laughs> And then you see them driving in the convertible with like the top down view and you just have the this really cheesy like pop intro playing. Nice. So you feel like you're watching like full house, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Ah, but anyways. uh, I think it's time that we wrap up for tonight. So just (laughs) as a reminder, obviously October, November, we're doing new releases. A lot of good content coming out here in the weeks ahead, uh, both in theaters, on streaming services, also on video on demand. Uh, so it should be a good time. We'll let you know uh, what we're planning for next week once we watch a few trailers. Because, you know, there's a few things that we have our eyes on, but we just got to, like, pinpoint what we want to hit first. And then we'll start to, you know, connect the dots at that point in time. Uh, but until then, of course, you can find all of our video content over on YouTube at Handle with Scare Pod. We're also on Twitter at Handle with Scare. Uh, if you want to join me in our 61 days of Halloween streams, those have been happening on Stream Lounge uh, basically every night at 9.15 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun watching a ton of 80s cinema uh, for better or worse, we've we've had some great movies. We've also had some terrible movies, uh, some of which were first-time watches, uh, which doesn't happen all that often. Uh, but for now, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Hando with Scare, and we'll see you guys back next week. <laughs>